Remember when you loved what you did for a living and you got excited talking about it? The Portfolio Career Podcast is here to help. Help you find that next project, next idea, or next friend. Host David Nabinsky will interview those that have optimized their careers for growth, resilience, and ultimately happiness. Tune in and let's have some fun. Hey friend, welcome to another Portfolio Career Podcast episode with Alina Zolotareva. Alina is a marketing manager at AeroFarms, one of the world's leading innovative companies that is a vertical farming company. Um, Alina has been an early employee at the company and from which then she's been able to work on multiple different projects and roles within the company, a very dynamic opportunity. Alina is also very passionate about wellness, communities, and creating space for people to connect. Alina believes through her personal journey that multiple projects is essential and imperative. Um, She talks a lot on this episode about her personal journey, very powerful, and I'm grateful that Alina shared this. Alina talks a lot about following your curiosities and your interests and nurturing them. Um, She talks about many different projects that she's also working on, um, one of which is a new podcast that she's going to be coming out with soon called Seeds in the City to talk about the breadth of urban agriculture. Um, She's also working on a food waste project for 2019. She has been dipping her toes into the blockchain space uh, to further learn and grow there about um, that industry. She talks a lot about her community that she co-founded called We Are Supernatural, which is a new lifestyle community to bring people together to learn in a new way, to connect and to experience. And she also talks a lot about taking chances and following new ideas and new new relationships, um, from which a unexpected coffee meeting turned into a new project and meditation activation pop-up called Pause. Um, so Alina is very passionate about uh, meeting new people, exploring new ideas, and just keep on learning and growing. A very powerful episode, very insightful. So definitely check this out if you are interested in health, wellness, um, sustainability, marketing, community. This episode is for you. So thank you so much, Alina. And as always, let me know what you think. All right. Welcome to a Portfolio Career Podcast. Your host, David Nabinsky, is here with Alina Zolotareva. Welcome, Alina. Hi, Dave. How are you? Happy to be here. Yeah, great to have you. So if we were going to go to an event tonight and you were to introduce yourself and after someone says, what do you do? What do you typically tell people, Alina? (laughs) It's so funny because my mom jokes um, that she tells everyone that her daughter is a farmer, um, which is really funny because I oversee marketing um, at the largest vertical farming company in the world, but I'm far from a farmer. (laughs) But sometimes I do say that I'm a farmer. I'm a multi-passionate farmer, but I'm also a registered dietitian nutritionist. So I call myself, on, if you look at my Instagram, I normally call myself a wellness, a wellness philosopher. That's hmm. how I like to think about myself. Um, I think everything that I kind of work on is along the vein of well-being, wellness, food, personal health. Hmm. And is there, what really motivates you to be involved in that sector? Well, so I have been obsessed with nutrition and food and uh, well-being, natural medicine, these kinds of topics since I was a little kid. So I I remember being 
13, 12 at that time in my living room doing yoga with my dad, cooking, reading every nutrition textbook on the planet. I come from a family of physicians and nurses, and so uh, health has always been a big topic in my household. Um, my father um, studied yoga in in Belarus, we're from the Soviet Union originally, so it was a big, big, big topic for me growing up, and it, and it became a passion. And then I actually studied nutrition and dietetics and did uh, science research in obesity at Cornell. So that was my, that was my my major in college. Yeah, yeah. And then after college, did you then start working for Aero Farms or? No, no, no. So I so I studied nutrition in college, and my my hope was to go to medical school. I had just about, in college, I did every single possible internship that existed in the realm of food and nutrition. So I worked everywhere from, I lived in Colombia for a little while and worked at an HIV AIDS clinic. I worked in science research on different hormones and how they affect your appetite and different health markers. I worked with rats. I worked with humans. I worked in hospitals. I worked in food companies food startups, all the way up to Unilever. So I did just about everything that I could. And I knew that I wanted to work in food, and I knew that I wanted to work in nutrition, but nothing that was out there made any sense to me. The big food industry, where there were some jobs for people with a nutrition background, really were more about formulating dressings or formulating mayonnaise or trying to figure out uh, how to mass produce some uh, junk food, which didn't appeal to me at all. Uh, Working at a hospital or going to medical school was very much about, you know, how do you spend 10 years in school to then prescribe a ton of pills uh, to people for diseases that are very much preventable through food and nutrition. So that didn't make sense to me either. So I was like, you know what, screw all this. Um, I'm going to get my RD. I became a registered dietitian, which is a national... Uh, nutrition license but I didn't want to sit in a hospital I didn't want to sit there and show people rubber tomatoes and rubber food and be like you should eat this much avocado and you should eat this much rice I really wanted to make an impact Mm. so my first job out of college actually was uh, working in the South Bronx at an HIV AIDS nonprofit and I was one of two dietitians servicing the entire organization and I even did that before I got my license so I was doing that for a couple of months and I was working there and I saw how hard it is to really help people who have real nutrition issues people who were on methadone you know barely struggling to survive people who didn't even have stovetops in their apartments people who were either living on the street or recently off the street it was eye-opening, and it was really tough for me to, 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 to piece together my impact in that, in that environment. So I thought, okay, there's a lot that needs fixing here, but there's no way that as a nutritionist, as a health professional, I can make a big impact here at this time. So my first official job out of college was actually working in a restaurant group. So there's a restaurant in New York called Rouge Tomat, which is a Michelin star restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they're one of the first restaurants, or the first restaurants to ever put together a registered dietitian, a nutritionist, and a chef. You know, it's a beautiful dining experience and it's a place where you go, you you get gorgeous service, all farm-to-table food. But then on top of that, every dish is created and cooked and paired in a way that maximizes the nutrient density, maximizes the all, all of the health benefits um, of those ingredients. And so it's kind of like the science of nutrition meets the art of food and putting that together. And also the science of sustainability. So all of that together made sense to me. So I was like, you know what, this makes sense to me. And I worked there in consulting uh, for about three and a half years. So we, a consulting arm um, of that uh, restaurant opened up called SPE Certified, 
which actually stands for Health Through Food in Latin. So I worked there for a couple of years and it was super, super fun because I got to, my role was actually in business development and marketing. There was a team of dietitians, a team of chefs, and my job was to work with, you know, restaurant groups and cruise lines and hotel chains and help them fix their supply chains, help them talk about nutrition in a way that was appealing and delicious and actually bridge food, nutrition and sustainability under one umbrella, which at the time was not being done. Mm. People were talking about nutrition from like the perspective of this is how many calories you should eat. This is how much fat you should have. The macronutrients, micronutrients, very reductive and, and very kind of dry and uninteresting and almost scary. Food, you were talking about butter and cream and salt it, it's delicious it has to you have to fry it and all this kind of stuff and sustainability was like this whole other brand new topic at the time which was like totally separate and removed from the nutrition and, and the flavor but we all know food is food is one topic together, right yeah. it's all it all comes together it all intersects and it's important to take a holistic approach when dealing with any of these topics so I did that for three and a half years and actually on the side I was a professional salsa dancer so I spent <laughs> um, what was really cool is I just graduated from college I was I'm like this like young excited kid I was obsessed with dance in college and I decided to train really hard in my early 20s and I ended up teaching and performing for several years, the Latin dancer in the city. Do you still practice that at all? You know, I <laughs> I love to dance, but I don't I don't teach anymore because my plate is very full. Mm. Um, but no pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah. No pun intended. But um, no, I love to dance, but I, I I no longer teach or perform. But one day, one day you never know. Mm -hmm. You never know. Yeah. Mm. And you mentioned your plate's pretty full. Can you, in addition to Aero Farms, can you maybe talk a little bit about some of the other projects you're working on? Yeah, totally. I mean, so today my role at Aero Farms, so I, my, officially I oversee marketing, but also, you know, my, my role within Aero Farms, um, just to talk a little bit about that, is it's really cool. And what's cool about it is because I came in early on in the company when it was just a handful of people, just about a dozen to 15 people about three and a half years ago, you know, I really got to experience a lot and, and, and wear lots and lots of different hats within the organization. So, you know, marketing, communications, branding, but also sales, business development, product development, product quality, nutrition, innovation. I got to participate in so many different uh, areas of the business and I still get to do that, which is really, really fun. And so on my day-to-day -day at Aerofarms, I don't have a, a specific role per se. I, I do, my team oversees all of the marketing and the communications for our, uh, you know, our, our tech brand, our technology brand, which is Aerofarms, and also our consumer brand, our retail brand, which is a product called Dream Greens. Mm -hmm. That's our, our, those are the salads that are sold at the store, etc. That, that you'll see at retail. But then I also work a, a lot on sales still and on product development and um, a lot of the innovation projects that we do. I take a lot of nutrition interns and I work with them. So there's, I, I still do a ton <laughs> within the company, which really helps me stay excited about going to work. At Every day, so mm. um, just that's just within Aero Farms. Wow, um, yeah. What, what I get to work on, so it's super cool. You know, it, everyone has a little bit of a different personality, so I don't necessarily think that the, the way that I work or the things that I work on are the right fit for everyone. But it sure as hell works for me. I think my <laughs> biggest nightmare would be to go to a job where I only do one or two things and where my role is very narrow and specific. So I get to learn and I get to expand and I get to challenge myself constantly. So. Um, that's really fun. That's within Aerofarms. And then you want to know outside of Aerofarms. Yeah. What I do. Okay. Yeah. So some of the things that I work on outside of Aerofarms, and I, I don't have it all right. <laughs> I don't have it all clear per se, but today some of my projects include 
the things that I'm excited about. So first, I work on within the the realm of sort of food and urban agriculture. Mm-hmm. One of my projects is called Seeds in the City, which is a brand new podcast that I'm starting with with a friend, another friend in urban agriculture, and that's really to to get to get people excited about the breadth of urban agriculture mm-hmm. and to help feature some of the really awesome companies in New York City and outside of New York City that are working on transformational operations or technologies or ideas related to growing food in, in cities. And I think it's a really important topic because mm-hmm. as more more humans are moving to cities. And, you know, the future, it's said, is going to look like basically a conglomerate of mega cities. So how do we in- infuse food and food production and food appreciation and farming into the fabric of cities? That's a topic that's really interesting and important to me. So as a kid who grew up in Brooklyn and who is from the city and lives in the city, it's really important to me. So that's one of my projects. I also work, you know, a fair bit with other organizations um, that are committed to solving important issues in, in the food in the food system. So one one of the issues that I'm really passionate about is food waste, and we can talk. We can have a whole podcast just about <laughs> food waste and how egregious that issue is. But what I really like to do is bring people together um, to have conversations and to have and to experience information in a way that really helps shift behavior. So, can you give us an example of that? Yeah, sure. So, um, right now, as uh, especially. As, as people in our 20s and 30s, we're used to sitting in a classroom, being talked at. Mm-hmm. We're used to going to a panel and listening. We're not used to going to a, to an event where we really get to think critically, taste, talk, Experience, learn in experiential yeah. way, the way that we used to learn when we were kids. You know, when you're in kindergarten, you're allowed to play, you're allowed to touch things, to draw things. And then as we got older, we were kind of weaned off of all the fun stuff and just forced to absorb information in, in a very, like, singular way which isn't very helpful for for most of us and so yeah I mean one of the things that I'm working on now with a couple of other organizations that are really dedicated to solving food waste is putting together a food waste festival in New York City um, and getting people excited about first getting people informed about how big of an issue food waste really is why it's important to care and then learning how to do how to practically solve that in their day-to-day lives so that's one of the projects that I'm working on for 2019 that I'm really excited about in the food space also so um, I, this year I just started dipping my toes into um, blockchain a little bit and uh, working with a couple of companies. One of them is based in LA and Israel and another one is based in, uh, in Switzerland and they're both working on solving different issues in food using blockchain technology. So one of them is trying to solve food waste using blockchain technology and the other one is trying to solve transparency along the the rice supply chain. Mm. So both of those companies are at different stages, but for me it's an interesting way to continue to uh, learn because blockchain Mm. is a new concept, new idea for for most of us. And trying to see how it's relevant to the food system, I think it's been most often explored when it comes to cryptocurrency or uh, finance or some, some other use cases, but when it comes to creating practical systems that help solve issues in the food system, I'm very interested to deep dive into that. So those are some of the things in the food scene that I work on. But then there's there's a little bit more. (laughs) Ooh, do tell. Do tell. Yeah. 
do tell. So my, I mean, that's a lot. That's a so, lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. But it, these aren't things that just like happen overnight. These are things that have been developing for many, many years mm. and based on relationships that I've had for many years and, and interests that I've had and conversations that I've had. And you know, each of my projects is at a different sort of stage of its development. And sometimes, you know, you press, you press the gas pedal on one and you press the pause on the other one. And, you know, they kind of move at, at different paces and at different rates. One of the projects that's near and dear to my heart is something called We Are Supernatural. I run with with a friend of mine and we, so she actually works, she runs her own business. She works in the music industry, in music PR and production. But we both, you know, we both love to learn. We both love to push boundaries. We both love to expand ourselves and grow as people. We're interested. I, I don't want to reduce the topic into the phrase self-help, but we're very interested in self-help mm. and uh, not just self-help for ourselves, but self-help for those who really, really need it. And I think that's a lot of what you do, what your inspiration is for your podcast mm-hmm. too, right? Helping people shift their mindset, getting mm-hmm. people inspired. And I think we're in a, a little bit of an inspiration crisis now. And the reason I say that is because I've I've been through it really really hardcore in my 20s in my in my teens in in college I mean you name it I've had dark nights of the soul confusion lack of clarity about what I'm doing why I'm here what my purpose is right purpose mm. that el- elusive idea and there's there's a lot of content out there there really is there's so much content out there great books great writers inspirational speakers super soul sunday like there's a lot out there right but when you're in that place, when you're in a place where you just don't know what to do with yourself, you mm-hmm. don't know where to turn, you have no idea. I was struggling to find a resource to really, or a place or a community or something to go to um, that could really help me. And so Lindsay and I decided, you know, and, and also, you know, Lindsay had been going to things like Summit, uh, the Summit series, which is fabulous, and attending different talks at different private communities within New York City. So there's access to great speakers and great topics and great programming and inspiration at sort of the upper echelons of society. But but for for most of us who are, you know, just struggling to to figure out our day to day, we don't really have access to a lot of that programming. And so we started to work together to put together different talks, talks that weren't just you know, you come, you show up, you listen, you leave. Yeah. But talks that really combined the experience, like the experiential portion, the informational portion, and then sort of like the takeaway and the community portion. So kind of came together and started throwing these events at different venues around New York City. And then we threw a retreat last October. And that retreat brought together around 25 people and three speakers um, that spoke on topics like the confluence of Tibetan Buddhism and neuroscience, climate change and sort of the future of humanity, all the way down to the self and how to shift the subtle energies of, of the self through sound meditation, etc. So we kind of took a bunch of topics that were seemingly dis- disparate, but really helped people work on the self, the community, and then their impact all at once in a way that wasn't preachy, in a way that was fun and interesting and unifying. And we got some, we, we started growing a really cool community and a really cool mm. and meaningful uh, organization. And so for the last year we've been sort of throwing events and festivals and um, retreats and figuring out how to get this kind of content and these kinds of experiences to more and more people and to the people that need it the most. 
So that's that's one of my passion projects that's near and dear to my heart. And sounds that's also very similar to the way about food too, mm-hmm. right? So there's you have this community and content, and then the same way with the food, right? It's not just hey, have the salad. It's no experience to understand this salad. Where mm-hmm. do the greens come from? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And you know, it's what, what I found in my um, time doing We Are Supernatural is the people that it brought together. You know, we didn't really, and we don't really advertise it in to any specific group or community, but the people that have come are people who are absolutely brilliant, kind, compassionate people who want to do the right thing, want to do something helpful for others and for themselves. But, you know, we live, especially in New York City, we, we live in a world that's very, that, that values and overvalues aggressiveness mm. and this, like, really raw hustle or this um, masculine kind of energy that not all of us possess, right? Mm. Like, I think we, we're kind of obsessed with winning and, and, and crushing it and, like, all of these very aggressive kinds of ideas of ideals that not everyone is comfortable with and the and, and a lot of people who would be absolutely exceptional in an environment that nurtured their um, personality types are like drowning mm. here and so I think a part of it a part of the reason why I do what I do is because I would love to see these kind compassionate humans achieve greatness mm. not just for themselves but for all of us we mm. need people who are kind and good and loving and patient and who possess all of these traits to be in leadership positions. Mm. We need them. Mm. Our world needs people like that now. And so in, in Tibetan Buddhism, you can call it a bodhisattva, right? The idea a bodhisattva is somebody who, as opposed to a Buddha, a bodhisattva is um, a being that is reincarnated onto this planet to help everyone else's enlightenment, not their own. So they forsake their own enlightenment for the enlightenment of everyone else. So I use that as a metaphor. You know, people who are here to really give and to help and who and, and, and who are prepared to do that, but just need a little bit of confidence, just need the right tools and the right community to help usher them into that into that uh, role. I hope that wasn't too, like, esoteric. I hope no, that, that made was sense. beautiful. Yeah, no, that was uh, powerful, yeah. You know, I think we earlier we were talking about that, you know, why you work on a, a couple different projects is, is that's a way to you know keep yourself excited and mm-hmm. keep making progress is there any other types of you know reasoning as to why you want you work really hard and on great things is there you know you're trying to learn certain things mm-hmm. or yeah is there any other kind of like guiding principles for that yeah totally i mean my the, 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 the true reason is because I, so I have a history of depression and I, it's, you can call, you can say it's genetic, you can say it's, what, name it, you name it. It could be a sign of the times. I'm not unique. A lot of people suffer from different um, or experience different levels of depression and we're all medicated with something to these days. Um, but I, I first experienced depression in early in high school and then I've had to sort of learn how to live with it throughout my life. And what I found is when, when I am actively involved in projects in my, in my job and outside of my job that really feed my soul, the depression disappears for the most part. Um, and then I'm able to deal with it in a healthy way. Um, so, so it's been my antidepressant. So working on things that, that, are, that I'm passionate about, that I feel like are contributing to, the, to, to, to some greater good, helps me 
um, sleep at night and, and really helps me helps me cope and it's helped in a, in, to a large extent it's helped me you can you can even say heal um, my, my depression for the most part so but um, there's another interesting idea that, that I've sort of floated which is there's this notion these days that there's a lot of folks that have ADD, attention deficit disorder, and it's a disorder. It's called a disorder. Um, and my uncle's actually a psychiatrist, and he's an expert in attention deficit disorder. And, you know, I definitely have, I'm on the spectrum for it, and many, many of us are. In my family, I'm, I'm sure all of us are. Most of my friends are. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's fairly common, but, you know, typically people have been medicated for ADD. So they've been given Adderall or Ritalin as kids and told, no, you focus, focus on you know, this one page and this one topic and this one task. And, and people with ADD brains, like, like me, tend to not be able to sit still for a very long time. So it's hard for me to sit for a long time and, and focus on one task. It's very difficult. I, for me, I can, I can have, go through short bursts of focus and energy. They can last 20 to 30 minutes, and that's it. I, I, can't, I can't really go beyond that. Then I have to take a break and, and change what I'm doing. And, but I didn't realize that for a very long time. So for a very long time, I was forcing myself to try to fit into this sort of um, agenda or into this um, set of habits that I was told were the right way to study or the right way to learn or the right way to live. And it didn't work for me. Sitting in an office for 12 hours at a time doesn't work for me. It just didn't make sense for me. I was sick. I was depressed. I was unmotivated. So what I learned is what works for me is to be able to have a lot of different projects that I'm uh, focusing on at the same time, being able to prioritize throughout the day, reprioritize throughout the day, being excited about what's coming up Mm. in my day. So not just obsessing over work as my one you know, as my one um, activity of the day, really having other exciting things that I'm working on that motivate me to even do my, my work at the office. So all of these things help each other and help fuel my excitement for what I do. So something that, that I find really, really useful for, for myself and I think for a lot of my friends that, that also have been diagnosed with ADD or something similar is always having something to look forward to, mm. you know, truly look forward to, not something that you think you should look forward to, but working on a creative project working on stuff that really fills you fills mm-hmm. you up is essential for your well-being for your mental health so yeah i think it's it's imperative that we have mm-hmm. you can call it a side hustle you can call it a creative project you can call it whatever you want but it's imperative i think we are overly obsessed with finding like the one job that's going to fulfill us. It's almost like, and it's like, an, like a relationship analogy. It's like, where's the one? Like, where is that one, my, my person, my job, where is it? But that's the wrong way of looking at it. You know, our jobs, you can have a ton of different jobs. You can make money in a million different ways. There are so many different ways of doing it these days, especially in our gig economy. There are so many opportunities. So, you know, you, you, you gotta, you gotta choose what works for you. And yeah, and, and, Ball out, have fun, you know? <laughs> uh, I want to take a moment to acknowledge um, the kind of n- the mental and the psychological things that you mentioned there. That was very powerful, and I really appreciate you sharing that. That, um, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's great stuff. Um, and what do, you, what do you think is like the common thread through all of the stuff that you work on? Is it 
you know, problem solving? Is it consulting? Is it marketing? You mm. know, when someone says, I need to talk to Alina, like what, what, you know, what, even within AeroFarms, right? If you're working on all like five to seven different like silos mm-hmm. and projects, mm-hmm. what, what is some of like the common threads or mm-hmm. common skills? Mm-hmm. So I would say, I think, and and definitely I, I do have I have an expertise in a certain in certain subjects like nutrition I, I, I know mm-hmm. very well um, because I studied it marketing I'm still learning but we're, we're getting there I would say that I'm a connector I'm a natural connector of people of ideas um, I, I like to put I like puzzles so mm-hmm. um, whether I'm planning an event or a retreat or um, a marketing campaign or a website redesign it's all about putting different puzzle pieces together um, so it's it's almost like it's a combination of connecting ideas people and, and storytelling I think those are all things that are common threads among mm. what I do okay yeah. and if you were to you know give some advice to somebody that's just getting started in their career or you know is looking for a new project creative outlook mm-hmm. side hustle mm-hmm. new gig mm-hmm. what what would be some uh, what's that one piece of advice that you give them Sure. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak a little bit from the perspective of like my mom or like Mm. my grandma. So I actually, there's, there's a lot of advice out there that's like, follow your passion, follow your dream. Yes to that. But you know, we're living in a world where we still have to feed ourselves. Um, I'm not a trust fund kid. I'm I'm from an immigrant family and I have had to work really hard on my whole life to support myself. So, um, first and foremost, don't end up on the street, you know, leverage your skill sets that you have to be able to 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 live and to thrive Mm. right so make sure that you're you know financially doing the right thing for yourself and you have yourself covered right the last thing that you want is to be have an existential crisis and to have no food in the fridge right so you want to make sure that you're taking care of your basics that's really really important Mm. your basics are and from the perspective of well-being your basics are you make sure that you're you're okay financially right make sure that you're getting your sleep make sure that you're eating healthy food right make sure that you are surrounding yourself with with um, people who are supportive and kind and people that you like you know Mm. people who actually like you and you like that's all really really important you're you're feeding you're feeding a healthy a healthy uh, life for yourself and then Outside of that, even if you don't have, even if your first job isn't your dream job, right? It's not going to be necessarily. And that's cool. That's good. The The whole purpose of our time here, the way that I see it, is to accumulate as much experience as possible and to learn and to learn and to learn. And so keep learning. Go to a place, start working there, learn as much as you possibly can. If you're not learning anymore, figure out a way to learn some more. Switch your role, you know, figure out what else you can do to help within the organization. If you're tapped out, go find another job. That's if you have a full-time job. But then outside of that, once you have your bases covered and you feel good, you know, I would say follow whatever piques your interest. Mm. Follow that curiosity. If you have a, you know, I, I used to have, tr- so, so I used to kind of function like this. Somebody, and I, I would have a conversation with someone and they'd mention something that I thought was cool. And then I'd be like, oh yeah, that's really cool. And then I'd forget about it. And that didn't do anyone any good. And I was like, I'm so, I'm so like upset and I'm bored and I don't know what to do with myself and I feel like my brain is dying. And then I had a little switch a couple of years ago where I was like, you know, I'm just going to start following my curiosities. I'm just going to start following them. I'm interested in, 
astrology, I'm gonna go read about astrology. I'm gonna go get a book about astrology. I'm gonna go find a group, a meetup about astrology. I'm gonna talk to people. I'm gonna go to a hmm. to an event um, and learn how to read charts. Go and follow your curiosity and, and dive into things that really that get you excited, hmm. right? When you have when you feel excited about something, follow that. Jump right into it and do everything that you can to follow that little to follow that trail because that feeling that you get is a sign. That feeling that you get is a uh, is is your subconscious telling you this this is really cool for you. This you should you should like investigate further for yourself. And then you can do that in a variety of ways and, and throughout your life with a variety of different topics. But I think it's important to follow that and not to stop it, you know? Mm. Um, not say, oh no, that's useless. Oh, you know, I'm interested in frogs. Ugh, <laughs> who cares about frogs? What am I gonna do with frogs? Who knows, maybe one day you're gonna have a beautiful frog collection and you're gonna be on YouTube and you're gonna be in a museum and everyone's gonna know you as the frog person. You yeah, never know. Take the next step. Take the next step, right? And then take the step after that. Mm. So I would say follow that curiosity, nurture that curiosity. Because the more you nurture your curiosity, the, the, the more you're gonna you're gonna fill yourself with creativity and that's going to contribute to your well-being and your happiness and your joy and your excitement. So mm. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. The next step and then the next step. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there, um, we've talked a, about a lot of great stuff here, Alina. Is there any other projects or, you know, advice or anything else you'd like to, you know, that's coming up that you're really excited about that you'd like to talk about? Sure. Well, actually, I'll talk about one of my other projects that's kind of on, it's on pause and it's called pause. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think this is a project that is really cool, and I, I want to speak about it because it was started by a friend of mine, Dan, who is just an exceptional human being. And so, so the project is called Pause. It's a pop-up meditation experience um, that, we, that we started um, a little over a year ago. And the, the whole concept of pause is bringing uh, relaxation spaces, you can call them meditation spaces, to underutilized or unutilized uh, space um, in the city. And getting people who normally would not be interested in meditation or don't have as much experience with meditation, a really beautiful introduction to it. So we use ambient light, live music performance, um, um, ambient sound, and guided meditation to help get people into a deep state of relaxation right off the street. Mm. So that, that's the concept behind pause and we're kind of in this place where we're trying to figure out what to do with it next, whether to turn it mm. into a product or to turn it into an events business. Um, it can be a lot of different things, but we're kind of on, on pause with it. But I, I, what I wanted to, the reason why I wanted to share is because the way that pause happened was Dan and I had a coffee randomly. This was a couple of years ago. I was still getting over a breakup that I was uh, that I was <laughs> um, dealing with, and really sad and confused about everything. And mm. met with Dan and started talking to him. And he was super passionate about this side project of his, but didn't quite know how to get it off the ground. And I had no experience in in, in this business at all. But I was like, you know what? Let me let me try to help you. I, I know a lot of people. We can try to bring bring everything together. We brought in a third, a third friend, collaborator, and it turned into a, a beautiful, beautiful creative project for all of us. So um, just one coffee date, one conversation with a stranger, you know, turned into, first of all, he's a dear friend of mine mm. now and a collaborator. And it's, it's, it's really helped shift my life um, mm. for the better. And so, and, and that came from just taking that coffee date. Um, mm -hmm. Someone said, oh, my friend Dan needs some help with something. And I was like, ugh, I don't have time for this. <laughs> but I was like, okay, you know what, let me do it. 
let me do it. And it's turned into just the most beautiful friendship and, and collaboration. So that's amazing. Just one coffee, one conversation. Uh, say yes. You know? <laughs> just say yes. You, you never know. You never know where it's going to lead. It can lead to beautiful places. So. Well, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on my podcast. And I've learned a ton, Alina. So if people wanted to follow up with you, what's the best way to, to, to follow up? So you guys can DM me on Insta. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My Instagram is at the Alina feed. So yeah, message me. Let's be friends. Follow me. Increase my follow count. Just kidding. I don't care. Um, But yeah, connect with me. Really, really appreciate it, Alina. Absolutely. Thank you so much.